Hi, everyone, and welcome to Positively Joy, a podcast on searching for the light all around us in all seasons of life. We look for God in the everyday and choose joy even in the hard times. I'm your host, Yvette Walker. I'd love for you to become a part of our online podcast family and join our Positively Joy community on Facebook. Visit PositivelyJoy.com for previous episodes and to check out our cool merch. And listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you go for podcasts. We drop episodes Monday and Thursday. It is a rainy and blustery day in Oklahoma, so you may hear some sounds of nature on this recording, but it's all God, right? So we we love whatever he does. Last week, I talked about Jesus's leadership through speeches, and I started a three-week podcast series on his leadership. Jesus talked to crowds, disciples, and his inner circle, the apostles. The 12 men Jesus chooses to comprise his close circle of followers. Mark chapter 3, verse 14 through 19 lists the 12 as follows. Simon Peter, James the son of Zebedee, John and his brother James, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot. We started this three-week journey with the Beatitudes, also known as the Sermon on the Mount. And this week, I want to discuss with you Jesus's leadership through his parables. So what is leadership? Midwestern Seminary, in its For the Church website, sums up five Bible leadership characteristics into character, calling, competence, community, and Christ. And I think Jesus's parables describe these to a T. Jesus's parables describe the kingdom of God. Sometimes the parables are fairly straightforward and sometimes more complicated to understand. Sometimes Jesus actually has to explain his point to his apostles. Jesus is known for 33 parables that make one, two, or three points. The excellent textbook, Living God's Word, Discovering Our Place in the Great Story of Scripture, lists all 33 and where they appear in the Bible. The authors point out that one-third of Jesus' teaching fall under the description of parable. And I think the number 33 is also significant. Here's a list of the 33 parables, according to Living God's Word. The parable of the mustard seed, hidden treasure and the pearl of great price, the power builder and the warring king, secretly growing seed, wise and foolish builders, the householder and the thief, the friend at midnight, the rich fool, the barren fig tree, the lowest seat at the feast, the unprofitable servant, the unjust judge, children in the marketplace, the sower and the seed, the wheat and the tares, dragnet, unforgiving servant, the laborers in the vineyard, the two sons, the wicked tenants, the wedding feast, the faithful and unfaithful servants, the ten maidens, the talents, the sheep and the goats, the two debtors, the good Samaritan, the great banquet, 
the lost sheep and the lost coin, the prodigal son, the unjust steward, the rich man and Lazarus, and the Pharisee and the tax collector. Some of those you're likely are very familiar with, and some you might not have heard of. But first, what is a parable? BibleOdyssey.org says the Hebrew word mashal, often translated in Greek as parabole, designates a variety of literary forms that use figurative language. Parables usually involve some sort of implied analogy, though the parallels between the things being compared are often not explicit. Today, I'd like to explore two parables, one about the message of God and one about the love of God. I'll begin with the parable of the sower and the seed. In Mark 4th chapter, it is the only parable that begins with the word listen, and it is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, also called the Synoptic Gospels. Jesus says, listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. Then Jesus says, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. What is Jesus trying to teach here? The sower is Jesus, and the seed is his message. The disciples were confused about this, and this is one of the times when he pulled them together separately for some private teaching, like any good leader would do. Jesus is doing something that we would call today, train the trainer. Later in Mark, it says, When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things, come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some a hundred times what was sown. Next, I'd like to explore the prodigal son in Luke. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. 
So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The book Living God's Word explains that this parable makes the following points. The younger brother, that is sinners, may confess their sins and turn to God and repent. The older brother, that is, those who claim to be God's people, should not be resentful when God extends his grace to the undeserving. And most importantly, the forgiving father, God, offers forgiveness to undeserving people. This parable is not about the failure or repentance of the son. It is about the love of the father. And that is the revelation I received from my pastor last year and has changed everything for me. God forgives us who makes mistakes and sincerely repents those mistakes. Look at how it is almost like God totally forgets what the son did. He is just so happy to have him back, and our father will do the same with us. After I learned this, I wrote a song about this parable called The Heart of the Father, and I want to read just a little bit of it to you today. It surely broke your heart when your son demanded payment. Like a ransom he did take it, 
such a premature inheritance. And as he walked away from his only home of care, you knew the cold world out there would catch him up in its snare. But the heart of the father is bigger than the yearnings of the son, a love stronger than desires undone. He'd be back craving, longing for home, and once again he would be your own, and the heart of the Father waits alone. Our Father's heart is so big, and Jesus wanted his disciples to know this. Right before this parable, Jesus tells two other stories about lost things too, the lost sheep and the lost coin. All three were about losing something and rejoicing when it is found so too will God rejoice when we come back home to him. Next week, we'll look at Jesus's last so-called speech called the Olivet Discourse because Jesus was on the Mount of Olives when he spoke it. I think this is gonna be another excellent example of Jesus leading, but it is a painful one too because it is shortly before his crucifixion. And now, here's a reading from Angel McCoy of Angel Reads the Bible. Psalms 145, the New International Version. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. You've been listening to Positively Joy. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and thank you so much for spending some time with us. Come on over to our website, PositivelyJoy.com. You can listen to past episodes, 
You can download a free teachable called Five Ways to Choose Joy, see our merchandise, cool t-shirts with our new logo. We've got a lot going on at PositivelyJoy.com. So we hope to see you there. Farewell for now.